<clears throat> All right, give me two seconds. I'm just gonna hype myself up. Uh, you were actually recording that. That's fantastic. Was I? <laughs> yeah. I thought I paused it. Okay. Whatever. I'm not Just, afraid. Okay. Make oh. sure you actually. No, no. You were you were muted. Yeah. Um, but the Zoom is still recording. I think we have our cold open. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Just silent screaming. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode. We do not have um, uh, Dan and Jacob once again, so you guys are in for a lovely, lovely treat. I am, of course, here with Gorchin. Say hello, Gorchin. Uh, and we are just the two of us, of course, gin and tonic. So uh, sit down, grab a cocktail, and relax as we talk to you about more weird war stories and uh, uh gotcha's actually gonna start us off he's got a really good one yeah the good thing is this time we're actually filming at a much more reasonable cocktail drinking hour um <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah actually help yourselves you're probably going to need one to get through this episode um and and last time we actually had a suggestion if, if paint water classifies as a cocktail yeah. and look um unless you have an alcohol-based enamel thinner in your paint water then i'm going to go with no yeah uh please don't drink that because we might be a little bit liable and we can't afford the lose. yeah no the the enamel probably isn't a good idea actually to drink um yeah so um, stick with just, the paint water if that's all you got stick with the paint water. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just safer that's all i'm saying hmg psa don't drink your paint water regardless of its <laughs> constituent parts uh so yeah the the one that i wanted to start off with um is one of the things that, that really uh, we did a little bit accidentally last time in the HMG special was that we were a little bit like water oriented. Um, and yes. I think just a lot of weird stuff happens when you get a whole bunch of sailors together and they think they've got a good idea. Uh, so following that theme, the one that I wanted to talk about was actually um, Operation Land Crab slash Cottage. Uh, this was in response to something that a lot of people didn't realize happened, which was the Japanese invasion of North America. What? Where? Yeah. What? Uh, it's it's like a string of islands, like right on the, the top of the Pacific Ocean. Um, and because America is America, basically everything that wasn't Japanese coastline, mainland Japanese coastline, <laughs> was just considered American territory. Of course, of so, course. Um, it was the Aleutian Islands. So the Japanese invaded it and they killed a couple of sailors and um, they captured a U.S. weather station um, in about June of 42. Just mm. to contextualize that. That's about the same time as Battle of Midway, the Siege right. of Tobruk, and the First Battle of El Alamein. They're all going to happen in like the next four weeks. All right. So Busy this time. really just kind of got swept under the rug. <laughs> well, when uh, you think about it, it's like it's a weather station compared to some of the most biggest events in the war. Like, I'm not surprised that we just completely gloss over it in our history books, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, it, 
that's like intuitively that makes a lot of sense but weather yeah. stations are actually really important yeah they were a huge part of world war ii if you knew the weather you knew when you could conduct airstrikes uh, and that was a big part of of the pacific campaign of course was was air power you know now everybody's seen doing and everybody says desert power but the pacific was <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it was air power so yeah, right um the u.s just kind of let the japanese hold on to the islands for for almost a year did they, they know like, they had it yeah yeah i mean the, basically the the sailors i think they reported the initial contact and right. then they stopped reporting and the u.s just went oh, okay we've got more important things to deal with i'm just imagining like a u.s is like do we own those islands i, I can't remember i let them have it it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, that's like it's like when you're playing like stellaris or civilization somebody takes a solar system you didn't even realize you owned. <laughs> you're just like fine I'm it's a gift war? what yeah have it so so it's like May 1943, so like almost a full year later, uh, the U.S. launches Operation uh, Land Crab, um, which is just a fantastic name. Not Land Grab, Land Crab, uh, which is just like there's no better name for a, an island that you just capture that has a weather station on it. The, the best part about this is that the Japanese have been fortifying the island for an entire year. They. How many- uh, I I think it's only like a couple of oh no it's a couple of thousand Japanese what yeah and they were just allowed to hang out on an island near US yeah so, at the, at the, uh, I'll see how far away the Aleutian Islands are oh my but God yeah <laughs> I love this because because they probably would have thought that the, like the US are coming like any day yeah. they're coming for this mm-hmm. um, so the Aleutian Islands are right off the they're near Anchorage in Alaska. If yeah. you if you think about the 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 US map and Alaska has that really long tail that stretches in the Pacific Ocean, yep. that's the Aleutian Islands. Right. Um, just to contextualize that for you. So <laughs> I love I love how the US like eventually responded. So this is like a year after Battle of Midway and everything. Yeah. They've got a couple of thousand entrenched Japanese. So they land not three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, they land. 15,000 US soldiers. Whoa. On the Aleutian Islands. It's like Jesus five Christ. to one odds. Yeah, I mean, they the weren't US. wrong. The US were coming for them in force. It just took them a year. That's all. 15,000. <laughs> yeah. And and here's the thing because the Japanese were so well entrenched. And mm. as it is popularly known, is that the Japanese in defense were, you couldn't move them. They're yeah. inimitable. They, they yeah, just yeah. could not be, yeah, you just couldn't break through. So it took them forever. Um, about two weeks, which is a really long time when you oh. think about five to one odds on an island campaign. Yeah, true. Um, two weeks to to corner them in one harbor, which was a Chichagov harbor. Right. And so th- this is the part where it just really like um, <laughs> characterizes the Japanese for the defenders they are. Yeah, there's um, there's not that many of them left, uh, mm. like at this point, because the, the Japanese started with about three thousand. And this is after two weeks of heavy defensive fighting. So they're well attrited. Man, the numbers like 3,000 guys sitting just off the coast of America. Well, yeah, in Alaska. I, I mean, just... the wilderness by all stretch of the imaginations. But yeah. yeah. Okay. And why nobody did anything about them or with them? Like, I don't know why they actually didn't do anything. I suspect yeah. that, the, that the Japanese Navy was too busy doing other stuff in the pacific to worry about a few thousand soldiers 
so they eventually caught them cornered in this harbor and the japanese commander um yamasaki uh realizes his odds at this point you know it's it's at best probably like thirteen thousand to a thousand if that right so it's like 13 to 1 if that so (laughs) this is insane it's it's his last defenders in a harbor he knows that the japanese navy isn't coming they've been blockaded by the u.s for two weeks fighting back to back so he just orders a banzai charge of course course. just just up and out and here's here's the crazy part he actually broke through the u.s lines with his banzai charge what yes (laughs) he, he led them personally like all of them just basically like up the guts oh my um, god yeah yeah and they they broke out i think it was like several hundred meters or maybe even a kilometer through the through the u.s lines like Whoa. it was just a charge that never ended um and this is this is the part that gets like uh, i i cannot believe this it's 28 men that were taken prisoner 28 japanese men were out taken of three thousand. out of three thousand. yeah wow out, man they and all over like a tiny island chain in the Aleutian Islands. Yeah. And I think that if like a lot of the times you talk about all of these desperate last stands and a lot of the times they, they had a purpose. They were either buying time for somebody yeah. or, um, you know, the last one we talked yeah. about battle of castle leader, which was effectively a last stand of prisoners. They were trying to keep these people alive. Mm. But the Japanese, there was, it's not like the US no. mistreated their prisoner of wars. I mean, yeah, it's a broad stroke. I'm not going to say yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. nasty things didn't happen. But by and large, it's not, they weren't being Japanese prisoners of war. They weren't being German or Russian prisoners of war. Yeah, they, like you think about the tactical kind of um, implications of, you know, the Water yeah. Canal campaign. Yeah, yeah. Like all of those islands, they were important. They were strategic. Yeah. Yeah, they this had... meant nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, so a weather station that was already captured by this point, and <sighs> and you know, as you as you rightly pointed out, a lot of those islands, like Midway, was an airstrip halfway across the Pacific. Mm. A lot of those ones were natural harbors or had airports, or there was something actually worth battling over. And here it's just like three, th- like okay, fine, you held up a couple of U.S. divisions yeah. of infantry that were busy doing that instead of something else. But honestly, if they could spare 15,000 US like soldiers for that island, it either must have been really important or May, 19, May 1943 was really boring. <laughs> they had nothing better to do. Uh, it so, looks like we're mopping up, boys. Uh, did we miss it? Remember that there's just like a 3,000 guys sitting off our coast? We, yeah. we should probably do something about that. Oh my God. That's inc- so, incredible. Yeah. And this, uh, and this is the part I actually love even more than all of this. <laughs> that was only one of the islands. What do you mean? So the, the Aleutian <laughs> Islands is like an island chain. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Operation Landcraft was only one of the islands. It was just one of them. So it was followed up by uh, Operation Cottage, which yeah. is for the Kiska <laughs> Island. Cottage? Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get like operation overlord and yeah. sea lion and burning um, torch or whatever and bagraton and citadel and all yep. this other stuff and then you're just like cottage yeah this even is- market garden sounds you know kind of like oh that's that's kind of intriguing yeah but- yeah it's it's dangerous because it doesn't sound dangerous right like, they <laughs> yeah. only called it market garden because yeah. something, because it's, it's super insidious. dangerous yeah, like yeah, the yeah. manhattan project you exactly know? It's like they're building something in manhattan um so 
So this was after Land Grant. <laughs> this is after. That's the way you said it. Sorry. Go on. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be flipping about a nuclear weapon. It's the yeah. only way to be. Um, of course. It's, it, it was US foreign policy for a long time, but I'm getting sidetracked. Um, so so th- this, is, this is like a subsequent island. Um, and they were mega worried after land crap because it was extremely costly for them, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you had to fight 3,000 guys down to a man. Yeah. Down to minus 28 out of 3,000. <laughs> um, and so they didn't actually get to Kiska, which is not that much further away. I think it's, it, it's probably like at most 10 or 15 nautical miles. Like we're not talking, it's not a strategic right. distance. Is it, is, it, um, is it part of the island chain? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so this is, they didn't get there till August of 1943. So it took them like two or three months to lick their wounds before they tried this again. They're and like, again, no, man. No, I don't want to. Yeah, to contextualize this, um, in August of, or during this period in 43, uh, Operation Husky is cracking on, which is Sicily. Um, All right. And, and at the same time, Denmark is occupied by Germany in 43. Wow. Um, Did Denmark really last until 43? According to my notes, yeah. Wow. So it might have. Um, they might not have just like quote unquote gotten around to Denmark. <laughs> they, they were pretty busy, I guess. Denmark's uh, like, shh, it was quiet. They weren't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is the this is the best part. They yeah. were so worried about uh, the island of Atto, uh, Attu, which is like next to Kiska, basically. Yeah. They were so worried about this like archipelago of Kiska that yeah. they were bombing it since land crab. So they've been Since like, land crab. They've been shelling these islands for like three months. Is there anyone on these islands? <laughs> this is the best part. Um, they start wrecking the island and they find no one. Oh my god! So the the US land on one side of Atu and the yeah. Canadians land on the other side. Oh and so the god. idea was that they didn't want to have this like final stand in a harbor yeah. again, mm-hmm. and they didn't want this breakthrough to really have a lot of impact if they decided yeah. to banzai charge again. Um, so while they're moving through like Atu, the going is super slow. Like yeah. they are, it's not a very big island. Um, and they are taking like hours and hours to cross a kilometer or two. They're, they're just being across, like really cautious. Yeah. Mines, bombs, booby traps, and even a sea mine took out um, the U- USS Abner Reed. Uh, and that was just one day. I, like, I'm confused. Why? So there are mines and booby traps and stuff on this island. Yeah. Who put, who put them there? The Japanese at some point. Because was, remember, was they, were, they were on these islands for a year before the Americans did anything. What, uh, what, did they, what were they trying to achieve with that? Because they, they didn't stay on the island. I don't know. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> what I suspect happened is that, is that they probably like conquered one island, defended it, moved on yeah. to the next one yeah defended it moved on to the next one defended it and then they they sat on the most important one by the end of it mm, okay um, that makes sense that's my guess um so so then like you can you can see where this is going everybody is super high strung from booby traps oh, I didn't want pitfalls no. uh and and just like random explosives and stuff yeah. so then the canadians finally spot someone 
Aww. and they just they just open fire they just let loose because they've been it's been they landed just before dawn i think and it's nearly nearing nightfall so you've nearly got like 12 hours in this extremely stressful high strung state yeah they spot somebody and they just start opening fire um and then of course the americans return fire because somebody started shooting at them yeah yeah uh that firefight lasted for apparently nearly an hour and an caused an hour and caused 60 casualties uh so there were on just the island of atu there was 300 casualties in total uh 60 were friendly fire 100 were lost souls on the abner that was sunk by sea mine 100 the other the other 140 were lost to booby traps basically and just so many how many booby traps are there like (laughs) that's so i have no idea I have absolutely no idea. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how big this island is. Um, it's like eight, nine hundred square kilometers. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like it's a pretty big island, but not a single like Japanese soldier was present on that island, oh. and they still caused effectively three hundred casualties. That's psychological warfare for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. That is. That's, and and. This is this is why I loved it because uh, as a, as a weird weird war thing that happened mm. is like can you imagine what that would look like as a bolt action mission? You'd have like it'd be two v one, right? Um, you'd have the the U.S. and the Canadians like side up next to each other. Yeah. You'd have some weird fog of war, and then when the <laughs> Japanese player rocks up, you just give them a piece of paper that's just like you have no forces. <laughs> Your job is to place as many booby traps as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that that you'd have to play that with like the U.S. guy in one room and the Canadian guy in the other room. Yeah, uh, and and have like a mirrored map that they like explored, and then just have the Japanese player just causing absolute havoc. You give like each player like a thousand points, and then you literally give the Japanese player a thousand points worth of booby traps. <laughs> and <mine> feels... <laughs> and oh. then uh, I just laugh. You just absolutely laugh. And then, Man. like the, the the moment when like they'd start shooting, and then the Americans start shooting back, mm. and they wouldn't know who they were shooting at. Uh, that that would be great. That would be yeah. fantastic. Uh, you uh, you that's a good way to lose a couple friends, I think. <laughs> making them play that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Look, that's, I think that's a good assessment. <laughs> I I don't think. I think the only person who's going to enjoy that, like really enjoy that, is the Japanese player. Yeah, yeah, and the dude who put it together, and the dude like, who's putting it together, absolutely. Just, it would, it would just be them two, just like chuckling in this room. And every time that like, the US, the Canadian player walks into like the referee room, they'd just be like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the best thing is, you tell both the British player and the US player that they've both won. <laughs> There's nothing more American than that. <laughs> oh, far out! That's a good one. I really like that. I mean, it's it's pure incompetence and um yeah what is it is it though i mean like how many booby traps can you disarm before you eventually like fuck one up because it's a numbers game right you're playing percentages yeah, yeah. there's what and, and i don't imagine like eod was as sophisticated in world war ii as it is now no absolutely not but like what what was it, 140 guys right uh yeah to booby traps yeah so yeah. 140 guys to booby traps that's let's say it's probably about one guy each right one and a half 
Yeah, round sure. up to yeah. two. So yeah. seventy booby traps killed were, were activated successfully. Good God! How many? Uh, like, what's the success rate? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> With a number like that, over eight hundred, like. I guess if you've got a year to defend an island, you're just going to make a stupid amount of booby yeah. traps. Well, see, this is the thing. You were like, oh, well, they, they took it, defended it, moved back. I'm guessing. It, yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Here's my theory, right? You want to hear my theory? It's classic military adar- adage of hurry up and wait, right? So you've got the captain. <laughs> he's got 3,000 soldiers under him. And they're like, sir, what do we do today? And he's like, uh, uh uh, and, then, and then he looks over at the supplies and they've got like 3,000 stacks of like booby traps and there's sticks everywhere and like it's just like go to that TNT island. and RDX and stuff yeah. Yeah. in fact they, he's like use the boat that we made yesterday when we were bored <laughs> and go to another island yeah yeah, yeah, use use today to disassemble the four thousand rafts that we built yesterday to get onto this island to yeah. make all of the booby traps. What are we gonna do tomorrow? You're gonna cut down all the trees to make more rafts. So we can make the other uh, I I really want to know like what happened to the to the uh, Imperial Japanese Navy that like ferried these guys over. Do you reckon they just dropped them off, ferried them across the island, and went? Yeah, well, that's us. See you later. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? 3,000 guys for one year on an island, right, need to be resupplied. That's, so the, that, well, Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah the Japanese good. need to know they're there. They know yeah. they have 3,000 troops sitting there, and they're like, oh, <laughs> what do we do with them? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There, there are just so many questions from, like, a logistical perspective. Um, do you just, like, airdrop? supplies under these guys i i don't know like the japanese wouldn't have the capability to get that close to airdrop surely oh i think they had some pretty long range um aircraft i think that was their whole shtick was that their aircraft were super long range early early to mid war yeah um i don't know yeah look just i just like the idea that it's like a a, an automated process like they're like oh we send these supplies there (laughs) And no. there's just this poor logistical <laughs> officer who's like, where are these going? I, I 100% in the bureaucracy that is the military, that is 100% automated. Yeah. There is like, there is some, do, and especially because it's 1942, there is some yeah. like checking book mm. for like logistical supplies. And some dude's like, yeah, it's that time of the year again. Go send some supplies out of this one. Yeah. And there's some fucking like IGN, <laughs> like shipping sailors, just like, God, why? <laughs> why are we going to Alaska again? Oh my God. Uh, I like the idea that like the quartermaster has actually been like, where are these supplies going? And the officer above him's like, don't question orders. Yeah. He doesn't know either, but he's not going to admit that to an inferior officer. <laughs> Shut up and do your job. Like it's like a bad sitcom. Yeah, this is this is like the the World War II equivalent of Mash. Like Imperial <laughs> Japanese and Army. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't know if there were um, like uh, IJN Marines sailors, or mm. if there were if there were uh, Army Imperial yeah. Japanese Army. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I don't know either. And, and this, this is like just some straight Hearts of Iron Four shit. You're just like. Yeah. It's like 
12 divisions? No, I've only got 11. Where's this 12th division? I don't have a 12th division anywhere. Why am I getting Texas 12th division? And then like yeah. you finally fucking scroll out and there it is just like tacked onto an island in like Alaska. When did I put him there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a misclick or something earlier. Oh, yeah. Just, just, <laughs> these poor 3,000 men's lives is a misclick by, <laughs> by some like Japanese general. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's actually a typo. They were supposed to go to like some other island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We want you to go to Balaska, not Alaska. Ah, uh, yes, of course. The famous Balaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far out. Well, speaking of um, uh, invasions of American soil. Right. I got another island story for you. All right. Okay. So, picture this, right? Pearl Harbor. Everything's mm-hmm. happening. Everything's going down. Um, a zero flies in, um, and as they I, want to do, yeah, flies in, strafes, and I think it's unclear. I think he gets hit. Right. He okay. Gets, uh, so there's this one pilot. His name is Shigenori Nishikaichi. Okay. Th- okay, Ishikaichi. Yeah. Yeah, Ishikaichi. Um, so he flies his plane, does a run, gets hit. Um, Oh, he got he gets uh, hit by another airplane, right? Right. Okay. So um, a, 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 uh, probably be a wildcat or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he thinks it's going to be fine, so uh, he's not going down. He regroups with a couple of zeros, and they start flying back. Uh, gas tank's been punctured. He's going down. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. So he then makes a quick calculation and sees that there's an island. Couple, couple uh, hundred miles away, uh, hundred forty miles away, and he's got his chart out. And he's like, "Well, I can get to there. That's it. That's as far as I can go." So he makes it there, limps there, and crashes onto is, the island. Is, is this like some deserted island? Is this some like castaway um, Tom uh, Hanks stuff? Uh, kind of. No, actually, no. That's rude. No, it's not. Um, he stumbles upon the island of Hawaii. <laughs> invaded by a single japanese soldier so actually no pilot yeah so he crashes crash lands (laughs) kaiji crash lands on the island of hawaii look any land that you walk away from is not a crash landing yeah yeah (laughs) fair enough right um so yeah he didn't know it was inhabited okay yep yep um some they need to work on their intel but sure well, that's it. They literally say Japanese intelligence screwed it, screwed the pooch on that, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, he he lands on the island, um, and he has intelligence in his um, in his plane, right? There's some important okay. documents that he doesn't want to lose, um, right? Because he, he's a pilot, he probably have like fleet positions and and yeah. forces positions and that sort of thing, and his and his flight plan briefing, mission briefing, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure, okay, yeah, yeah. So Nishikaichi uh, crash lands on this island. It's not the main island of Hawaii. He lands on Nihau. Right, okay. Um, the smallest main island of Hawaii. So you said, you said the Japanese thought they're in, in uninhabited. Was it like all of Hawaii or did they just think No, no, Nihau. He just thought right, Nihau okay, was okay. uninhabited. I, that, I read that. I read that wrong. Bit, it's a bit more forgivable for Japanese intelligence. Yeah. I mean, it's still a main island of Hawaii. That's like Japan forgetting that the bottom half of their country is uninhabited. Yeah, look, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. 
especially as an island nation, you think you'd, you'd have a bit more respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair, anyway. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, um, so crash lands. He's got his, he's got these documents. Um, he leaves his plane, starts walking down, sees some um, uh, buildings and such, and a bunch of people uh, at a church. Right. And okay. he walks up to them and he's, sp- he's speaking to them. Of course, they don't understand Japanese. Right. They don't know that he's an enemy combatant at this point. Right. Because this was during the Battle of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and there's no radio or phone or anything on this island. Right. Or in, really? Well, anywhere. But like they, they have no communication with the outside world. So they see wow. this guy that he crash lands. And they're like, what? Yeah. that's lucky. You're still alive. Yeah. I mean, most people didn't find about Pearl Harbor until like what a day later when, yep. when, it, when uh, the president broke it and stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's completely believable that most people didn't know it was happening. Also, especially if you're lacking telecommunications of any kind. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so uh, yeah, they don't know. They just, this guy's come down. They can't understand yeah. him. Um, yeah. A guy called Yoshio Harada. Uh, so is an American citizen, but Japanese ancestry. Descent, yeah. Um, brought in to translate. Uh, and he did exactly that. But... So he was a local on... Yeah. yeah right, yeah. okay. So yeah, he lives yeah. on Nihau. Sure, yeah. Um, but so he translates, tells him, oh, he's crashed. Uh, you know, he, he was flying his plane. Leaves out the fact that he was there to bomb Pearl Harbor. Just leaves it out. Thinks it's not an important <laughs> detail. <laughs> Is he like lost that in translation or something? Yeah, and he's just I, I, like attack bomb. It must have been a concussion. You'll, you'll see uh, a little bit of uh, uh, what's it called foreshadowing. A little bit of foreshadowing. Well, he leaves okay. it out on purpose. Oh, um, yes, yeah, yeah. But so these people, wow, you survived your plane crash. What do they do? They throw him a luau. <laughs> they feed him breakfast. <laughs> Look, that, that makes a lot of sense. If you don't know that he's an enemy <laughs> combatant and somebody's just gone, yeah, he's crashed, you're going to yeah. be like, party. Man, <laughs> I'd do what, it. <laughs> what, what, what a, what, there's no better reason to celebrate than to being alive, you know? Yeah, look, I've partied for a lot less. <laughs> yeah. I've partied for nothing. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. So th- they're partying and then it gets a little bit iffy when they finally find out. So he spends quite a bit of time there yeah. um, until they find out that he, he's part of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Right. Okay. Um, and he finds out they've got his documents. So they've taken documents from his plane. And so he wants them back. So was he, okay. Yeah. Go on. So until then, he's, he's kind this, of... This, this is like an episode of Lost or something. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. So until this point, he's been quite calm, obviously, and then they find out that <laughs> he, he just fucking landed on the island. We get people throw a party for him. I'd be, yeah. I'd be, I'd have some good vibes. Oh, absolutely. So he's sitting there. He's like, yeah, yeah, ooh, kind of thing. Until, <laughs> until no longer. Um, and so he's like, oh, I better get going then. Wait, you've got my documents. Give them back. And they're like, no, you can't Wait, have these back. Where does he like? I love that. He's like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, this island. Yeah, um, just, <laughs> I just how I don't know what his plan yeah, was after that. Well, I'll tell you what his plan was. His plan was um, he was going to enroll uh, the translator and bring him unofficially into the J- Japanese army. 
the Imperial Japanese Army. Uh, I don't know what the knighting ceremony for that yeah. would be. <laughs> uh, so Harada, the translator, yeah. Yeah, yeah, stole some guns from the gun owners on the island and enrolled. This himself. is America after all. Yeah, and enrolled himself in the Imperial Japanese Army. Um, okay. He attacked the guard that they put on um, Shigenori. Good. Um, and then they went and tried to get his stuff back. With a right, shotgun. his documents. Yeah, you know, as you do with yeah. a shotgun. Yeah. Do I mean? I mean, is there anything more American? Getting your yeah. property back with a shotgun. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, <laughs> honestly, these guys are sounding more American than Japanese at this point. Uh, man, look, I, I, it must be the water or something. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the sea breeze, just like uh, makes yeah. you want to own buckshot. <laughs> <laughs> Get some freedom pellets in you. <laughs> um freedom seed sorry i think that's what they call them over there um <laughs> seven six two freedom seed okay <laughs> anyway so um yeah the guy who was holding on to the documents um he escaped so he's like take him take him i'm gonna leave he runs away um yep. and tells the entire island obviously and then while he's busy telling everyone and they're trying to work out what to do uh the uh, Shigenori and um, uh, Harada. Yep, pilot um, and the translator, yeah. Pilot and the translator stole a wagon. So nice. it's not a car, a wagon. Okay. And pimped it out with machine guns from the plane. <laughs> is, this, is this like a horse-drawn wagon or like a pulled, like a towed wagon? It, it just says wagon. <laughs> I... I and then, yeah, they pimped it out with, with the machine guns from the Zero. They literally well, went mean, back to the plane and took the guns off it. Look, honestly, if I had a choice between multiple rifle caliber machine guns and, and a shotgun, I would 100% take the towed machine gun <laughs> trolley. Yeah, absolutely. I like the idea of like one of them standing there with two machine guns just shooting in the air while the other one's like carrying the castle. <laughs> Oh man, like what are they called? Like the little like the people uh, carrier things? Tuk tuk tuk? Tuk tuk. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> a machine gun arm tuk tuk. Oh uh, I have yeah. I have no idea. Like there's so many variants of an A6M. Uh I don't know which one what um, I'm trying to find out what firepower it was because I think some of them actually had 20 mil cannons. So uh, like I there was hold on, I think I had that in my notes. Here we go. Um, A6M2. The Ace, uh, no, he would have just had rifle caliber machine guns and an A6M2. It was the threes that had the uh, the 20 mils, which yeah. would have been like, what a, what a fuck you and the couch you rode in on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like 20 millimeter arm tuk-tuk. Yeah. What do you reckon the points for that would be in Bolt Action? Um, <laughs> you know what? You have to pay. You, you get paid points to take it. <laughs> you <get> paid points. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm writing that unit profile. Right. In into to make this in the theme of a bolt action podcast, I think loosely. Yeah, loosely. So it's got two LMGs on it. So what? They're twenty points each. Yeah. Make them unreliable because you've wrecked. You've taken them off a fucking chopper. Chopper. Um, playing. <laughs> that that was that was almost as asynchronous as me calling like 18th century cannons anti-tank guns that's right <laughs> almost as asynchronous um, would, would they be unreliable though 
Um, well, I mean, oh right, because no, because there, th- this is something that I learned about um, uh, with with Western machine guns, and I suspect it would have been the same for the Japanese. So the the fifty calibers that they gave to the infantry troops and the one they gave to the aircraft is the same design, except the aircraft ones are actually slimmer and have a higher cyclical rate, which right. is fine because they have a lot more air cooling, right? Yeah. Because they're just hanging out on right. the side of a plane. So it makes sense. Lot, you don't, yeah. And it's higher, so it's colder. You don't yeah, yeah. You get, yeah the, the guns can run a lot hotter because the surrounding air is more cool. So makes sense. Yeah, I think if, you're, if you have a couple of aircraft machine guns at sea level, literally, uh, <laughs> you, might, you might run into some unreliability problems. All right, yeah. so we've got, what, what's the transport <laughs> capacity? Three? Two. Two. One driver, <laughs> one guy standing on the wagon. Uh, yeah, okay. The way the wagon's described in in the source that I'm using, yeah. um, it sounds like it's not like like a, a people wagon, but literally like a wagon you put um, you put like fruit on or something. Oh, like a wheelbarrow. Like like a yeah, just like a flat bed. <laughs> That's even better. Um, look, I was at Bunnings and I did not find any chicken on wheelbarrows. I'm not going to tell you. I feel I was I feel I shortchanged in that yeah. transaction. Yeah. So, so like, I, yeah, I'm going to say two. You okay, got two. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, inexperienced. One's a pilot and the other dude's literally picking up a gun for the first time in his life. It would be a wheeled vehicle, but it would be slow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Was so- that three inches? No. It, well, because a wheel's like uh, 12 and 24, right? So it'd be, it'd be like nine and 12. You're going to give that thing nine inches. Yeah. 100%. Okay. All right. All right. All right. The hundred percent. The guy, the guy who lives on that island. He'd be, he'd be agrarian, right? He'd be like a farmer. Yeah, yeah. They're all sheep herds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He'd be, he'd be tough as nails. Okay. He'd be, he'd be okay. jacked carrying this wheelbarrow. Yeah, like true. One, one tiny Japanese pilot and a couple of machine guns, like nothing to this guy. Yeah, true. And then there's strip machine guns as well. So that does. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, so, but how do you so because they don't have anything to rest these machine guns on. So do you, is there any modifiers in the rules that exist to make their shooting even worse than inexperienced? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. Um, maybe like can't fire at long range. <laughs> <laughs> this is just 18 inch Blackmobile. Just <laughs> look. All right. So <clears throat> the reason I'm and, asking. And knowing, and knowing bolt action rules, it would be like horrendously efficient. <laughs> It would. it would be such a good it would. someone would just spam these these tuk-tuks it'd be like 30 points yeah um so i the reason i'm asking is because so they went to dude's house who had the documents and they actually fired at him with a shotgun inside a house and missed well yeah that's like why the shotgun though oh it's what he stole from someone yeah, sure, but I mean, you have two machine guns. Why the shot? Oh, they didn't have the shot the machine guns then. Oh, right. So okay. this is when they were breaking him out of prison and getting the documents, and then right. they went for okay. the machine guns. Yeah, look. So, n- no points for marksmanship. Or like no, 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 no. I do like the idea that they can shoot like it, it, they've got a close range weapon. Like, should it come <laughs> to it? Oh, and a pistol. They have a pistol too. So good, you know. good. You know, they, they, at least they've got a backup. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you know what they say is like one is none and two is one. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. So just going to finish the story real quick. Yeah. So we've got this like armed tuk-tuk. Yep. Um, so they don't find the documents in the dude's house. 
and they actually okay. burn it down out of frustration. <laughs> They're just like, screw you, man. And they burn his house down. Um, for the rest of the night. So they, they took, um, they took, they got out. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, he ran away and they walked through the streets. No one came out of their houses. They were like, surrender, everyone surrender. And one guy came out and was like, all right, all right, all right. Like, don't hurt anyone. I'll come with you. <laughs> like, just, I'll be a prisoner. Just yeah, know. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they were like, cool. Yeah, awesome. The rest of the night, they just shot guns into the air. They were just yelling and running through the streets, shooting their guns. There is, there is no way these guys are Japanese. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. I mean, one of them's American-born, so they are they are American through and through. It's yeah. like we stole your gun, surrender, <laughs> just shooting into the air, having a fucking party. Yeah. Um. So the guy who ran away uh, was currently getting onto the mainland, so he could ask for help. Um, okay, he must have had a boat or something, or he was just such a good swimmer. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he had a boat. Um, they asked the prisoner to look for him, and the prisoner knew that he'd gone to get help, and so he was like, uh, hey, is anyone here? And he made a show of looking for them by calling out, but he wasn't actually trying, obviously. Um, anyway. This, 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 this honestly feels like um, if you let a whole bunch of 15 year olds write a sitcom yeah but they thought and then they were just like but they were told that they couldn't cut any content so once they wrote something they were just like oh, it's stuck in we gotta go with it yeah well it <laughs> the, gets gets even crazier right because it's, okay. it's like there's one kid on like one side of the writer's room yeah. who's like written that this guy's like already left and the other guy's yeah. like but they're gonna search for him and you're like he's already left uh just just make him search for him and he still searches <laughs> and so so th- keep that because that's a good um, a good metaphor no, okay. for, sure, for okay. what's about to happen. Right? right, okay, it gets better. Okay, so these guys have written themselves into a corner. What happens next? I'll tell you what <laughs> happens. Um, the locals get angry after not being able to sleep for a night because you know guns are being shot off that's around the their house. They're angry. Like they're they're... Well, they're angry about everything else. This is the straw that broke camel's back. Okay. I just, I just love that. Like these guys are so non-threatening with two machine guns and a shotgun. Like the, the locals must be so armed to the teeth that it's just like, yeah, no, man, whatever. <laughs> no, see, this is the thing. Um, Harada, the the translator, stole all the guns on the island. There was two oh. guns. There was a shotgun and a pistol. That's it. No okay. one else seems to have any guns, right? Otherwise, you'd bring them out, right? But they don't. Yeah. I mean, it's also understandable that if you see two guys with a couple of machine guns in the street, you're not going to take a pot shot with your buck. Yeah, but okay. So these, the reason I think these are the only guns on the island is because of the following. So uh, they're standing in the middle of the street. Um, yeah. The, uh, the Presumably cranky because they haven't slept as well. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're, they haven't had that coffee either. You know, it's a bad time. Um, but yeah, the, I think it's the chief and the chief's wife um come out because just yeah. in the morning they can't find the Partly. documents still yeah um they said they're going to shoot the hostage if they if no one gives them the documents and so the chief and his wife come out and a couple others and the chief is like don't don't do that don't do that um and the Good chief's man. wife says to harada who speaks hawaiian obviously yeah hawaiian is that language whatever uh, the no, local language no, is yeah. I, I can't remember yeah. um uh, they say, uh, Harada, take the pistol off the off the pilot. Take the pistol off him. Right. She she literally walks up to him and says, "What are you doing? Take the pistol off him." 
like balls of steel on this woman. <laughs> it, took, it took a moment to process. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, she just asked for the pistol. I was like, yeah. no, wait, these guys just said they're gonna <laughs> shoot a hostage. Yeah. You don't just walk up to them and go, just take his fucking gun. Yeah. What do you mean you're working with him? Just yeah. take his gun. Yeah. Again, so obviously he can't understand because he's Japanese. Um, so, but Harada um is like he he says he asked for the shotgun. We don't know why, because as soon as he asked for the shotgun, the chief and the chief's wife lunge at them, right? Grab a rock and beat their heads in. Uh, I shouldn't be applauding that because that's horrific. But yep. also, like, god damn, that is spine. Yeah. That is absolutely spine. So they they managed to <laughs> they beat um Harada to death with a rock. And oh my then, god. Um the um no, sorry, they beat the pilot to death with the rock. Yeah, and yeah. Then Harada yeah. um took his own life. He shot himself rather than face the chief and the chief's wife. He didn't want it. Didn't want it. So, yeah, he killed himself. Um, Good yeah. God. That yeah. is what a, what a way to just, <laughs> that, that's, that's some straight like chieftain and chieftain's wife shit. It's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, you can take the guns and you can fuck around. You can keep us up all night or whatever. But it's just like, it's like you, you, you threaten to kill one of us. All right. Now yeah, it's on. That's, now it's that's, fucking that's on. a bridge too far. Like, yeah, now it's all on. Whole village, like, keep us all awake at night. Yeah, whatever. It's just a minor annoyance. Don't yeah. kill him. Don't kill anyone. <laughs> I, I think I love somehow. I think the chieftain was just just like the the right mix, or the chief was just the right mix of like pragmatist and idealist. Yeah. So he was like. Oh no, you're keeping us hostage. <laughs> Nothing fucking changed. What do we care? And then it's just like, oh, you can't find the documents. Whoop de doo, not our yeah. problem. Oh, you kept us up all night. That's a bit annoying, but not a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you're you're actually a Japanese prisoner of war, technically speaking. All right, man, just don't cause a fuss and it'll all be fine. <laughs> it's just like you want your you want to use your machine guns and a tuk-tuk? Like I guess they're your machine guns, they're not really ours you know it's a free, it's, world, it's a free country yeah it's, it's a free country, country. <laughs> you do your it's just, yeah it's just like you're gonna kill one of us all right <laughs> now it's up no it just got personal um <laughs> so the chief gets a purple heart for this um was he wounded uh must have been he got a purple heart um awards medals he got a bunch of stuff they even wrote a song right, and right it's called okay. they couldn't take ni how no how you can't be serious. They could take me out, no way. Yeah, there is. I, I'll, oh, if, no I'll try. I'll try and play a little bit of it. I'll see. I'll see if I can find it somewhere because I've, I've only got the lyrics here. I'm not yeah. going to sing it because I don't know the tune and the beat, and I'm not going to embarrass myself like that. We'll but, ju- um, we'll just hang out for a few moments of silence in case you find the audio track in post. Hey guys, this is Tyler from the future. Just while I'm editing this, I'm trying to find an audio click, and it turns out there's no publicly available audio of this particular song however there is lyrics and sheet music available i'll leave links down below if we maybe have some musically minded uh viewers we would absolutely love to hear your rendition of this song and you'd be adding a bit to history so other people can enjoy and listen to that song too so links are down below if you feel like you want to give it a crack we at hmg would absolutely love to hear it and you'd be making a piece of history all right, guys. See you next time. On with the show. Yeah. Um, Perfect. No, but I'll, I'll give you my favorite line, right? 
Then Big Kanahele grabbed the Jap around the belly. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you grab somebody around? Just, what is, what is, this? is he like some kind of demigod deity with like the hand span of uh, Tom Cruise's height? Just like, just. <laughs> this, like, this is so. It's. If you've seen Moana and you're reading this, you're like, I understand. I understand. It's the best way I can describe it. Like another line is Kanahele took a swallow and tightened up his mallow and then he girded up his other loin. His other loin? <laughs> <laughs> He's just like some two-pronged deity uh, of kicking ass. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I love this guy and I love yeah. this song. I need, I'm going to, this is, this is going to be like my wake up song. I'm going to be like, I'm going to start the day. I'm going to channel my inner Hawaiian chief. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to grab some people by the belly. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot about this. Right. So back at the beginning to add insult to injury. Um, I think um, it was Kanahale who actually dragged him out of the plane. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a nice poetic circle. Yeah. I like that. Um, again, super horrific to be beaten to death, but also if it's going to be by anyone, like, yeah. go him oh, well, he actually Come. sorry i i missaid um he he got his head bashed in but uh they then slit his throat as well just just to just, sure. just to be sure yeah well, i mean yeah like it's it's kind of personal at that point isn't it mm. It, mm. it kind of has to be personal yeah so so the reason so the fact that they got a rock and a knife makes me think there's no other guns on the island yeah yeah look fair enough well look honestly they don't need them yeah, with those two protecting them. With the kind of Hale grabbing them by the belly. <laughs> He's probably got cannons for arms. Like they're they're probably licensed firearms. Like for sure, <laughs> destructive devices for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I don't know what happened in like that triangle in World War II between yeah. like Hawaii, North America, and like the Arctic because mm. that is. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff that happened. Like one of the other stories that that one reminded me of was the Nazi invasion of Canada. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they made it all the way to Canada, my friend. This is like the other side okay. of the continent to the Aleutian Islands. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes so sense. This is like Canada. the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Um, so again, like just to kind of reiterate, weather was super important um, or weather information was super important for naval engagements. Um, yeah. Knowing what what's going to happen and when is, is vital planning naval ops. And it basically became a weapon in its own right. Right. You know? and, and there were some, some people might've heard this, there were some R&D projects to try to weaponize the weather. They all flopped pretty hilariously. Um, yeah. But so the next best thing is they weaponize the information, right? Of which, course. Yes. Which we all know is a very effective way of doing it. You know, yeah. Enigma and all that. Mm. Um, so this is, this is in 43. Um, at this point, uh, it was clear to the Nazi Germany that the US had the upper hand. Um, and they had, uh, at this point in time, US had conquered or occupied Iceland and Greenland. So, mm. When you think about the Atlantic Ocean and weather stations, like you're pretty much dominating that entire transit corridor between the US and and mainland Europe, yeah. uh, not to mention the UK. So if you can control that, then you've got, um, you have basically command and control 
and being able to dictate naval operations, yeah. which was, which is a big part, especially with the U-boats trying to do their thing. Yeah. So Nazi Germany needed its own weather station, its own intelligence. So they came up with this idea to for an automatic weather station didn't need to be manned and so the idea was that you would just plonk it somewhere and it would just send you the weather data on a rotation that's pretty um, advanced for world war ii yeah and they contracted a brand that some people might recognize siemens actually um so siemens actually what is one do? of the world leaders of that? automation at the moment what, what what's the product because they sound very s-i-e-m-a-n-s isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. so they do um, they do basically uh, PLCs, so programmable logical control yes. circuits. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So basically, any factory automation runs off Siemens. Um, so, so That's yeah, funny. yeah. So these guys um, came up with a weather station, and in true German fashion, they called it a Wetterfunkgerät Land, which means weather radio device land sandwiched into one word awesome uh, of course it's the most german word yeah it's the most german thing to do you just smash words together to create uh, a new word well i mean isn't panzer literally like their word for ta- a tank uh it actually means armor okay uh, so, so that so they were using tank uh until they used the word panzer for a long okay. time and so yeah panzer four is an armor four yeah it, i mean it doesn't quite translate that way okay um, cause when we, like when we say an armored division, we don't yeah. mean armored division, we mean tank division. Yeah. So it's actually the same kind of like vernacular. Okay. So when they say Panzer Abteilung, they mean armor battalion mm-hmm. and everybody understands that to mean tank battalion. Okay. Um, so, so Siemens built this, this, uh, Wetterfunkergerät land, uh, and they, <laughs> and then the Nazi Germany like created, put together a group of sailors and soldiers mm. on a secret u-boat so not only were all like u-boats pretty hush hush this was also secret by u-boat standards wow um, and so they also filled it with sailors soldiers uh and also meteorologists which is which is fantastic because what they needed to do was they needed to basically ensure that the device was working so yeah. they sent some okay. meteorologists to set it up and and right. take some readings and make sure it was all it was all hunky-dory um, and so their plan was to park it in like the more or less arctic tundra wasteland of northeastern canada where at this point it was mostly like indigenous populations right um and so this was october 1943 so as they're sailing basically across that part of the atlantic around the arctic circle they run into a storm uh, and during the storm they get slammed into an iceberg like Whoa. the u-boat because like u-boats only operated underwater when they were like conducting a mission they were yeah aside from that they were surface ships so it, it literally just got picked up and chucked against an iceberg um and and it actually like disabled its ability to dive and destroyed its aa gun oh uh, so, so fences for a while being above water yeah so, so U-boats, yeah u-boats have torpedoes i think they have like a couple of like 20 mils or something like that depends on of course the model u-boat they've usually got like a three inch gun a deck mm. gun yeah uh, and they've got an aa gun so it's usually some assortment of that um but the aa gun was was toast was dead uh and as far as i understand it this version didn't have the three inch gun and an aa gun it just had like a combined armament yeah yeah uh, so i think it had like a two and a half inch that served both roles yeah 
so so it's basically toothless and it can't dive and it's just a german u-boat just excellent just hanging out and so um, they they turned around of course they no they kept going <laughs> and this is the best they 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 got there completely unmolested aside from being thrown against an iceberg um was it wasn't there supposed to be like a lot of convoys moving through or uh, patrols or anything i guess not yeah the so i'm I'm guessing because Greenland and Iceland were already occupied, they kind of just sailed more around the Arctic as opposed to using the main trade roads, okay. like yeah. the merchant convoys. Because those are sort of like, they're not, they're obviously not a highway, but they're kind of like an ocean highway. They have like particular trade lanes. And yeah, I suspect sure. that they would have been a bit more dynamic because of the U boat hunting that was going on anyway. So they, yeah, they basically just managed to avoid it. And fair enough. This, this is the, it gets, like that's just the start of their crazy shenanigans. Well, so yeah, they, they haven't even up, set up the weather station, right? Yeah, they set up the weather station yep. and they camouflage it. Not in like by painting it white and trying to make it disappear into the into the into the Canadian Make it look like the country. iceberg, make it make it like yeah, a- yeah. yeah, they parked it basically what is on a Canadian ice beach. Um <laughs> and and they label it Canadian Meteor Service, which is a fictitious entity that doesn't exist. What Okay, so, so so hold on. What? So yeah, so they didn't camouflage by they like hid it in plain draping. Sight. Yeah, yeah. So no, no like camo netting. <laughs> Making a fake company. Yeah, they just called it like <laughs> Canadian Meteor uh, Meteorology or Meteor Service. Did Canada have a media a meteorological service or anything? They did. It wasn't called the Canadian Meteor Service. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so uh, I mean, a- it's a first stab in the dark. All things considered. <laughs> no, I think I think their intent was that it was like it wasn't they didn't want it to be the official media service because that that's not going to pass a sniff test. Yeah. Okay. I, I suspect I could be giving them too much credit. I suspect that they <laughs> wanted something that just sounded plausible but wasn't the official government branch. Oh, so okay. like some company set it up and everyone's right. like, oh yeah, whatever. No. Um I get it. But that was only the start of their deception. They also camouflaged it by scattering rubbish of american consumer goods around the uh the media station what do you mean by consumer goods so chewing gum wrappers cigarette packets lighters all that sort of stuff when you say consumer goods i'm thinking like drums of oil or something no they're literally just scattering like candy wrappers yes yes <laughs> yes literal candy wrappers just just stuff that they thought that like guys who set up a <laughs> meteorological station would eat of just course. like oh americans <laughs> Chewing cigarettes and, and, and <laughs> smoking gum. Yeah, that's, smoking that's what gum. Americans do. Crazy <laughs> Americans. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, it's just imagine like, oh, Hans, look at me. Uh-huh, I'm American. Look at me chew this cigarette. Uh-huh, I'm so stupid. Oh, it just tastes horrible. Why should they do this? And like, so they, they pack up and they slink away undetected. Yeah. Just nobody knew that they did this. Whoa. On their way back, they get spotted. Um, it only took them like about a day. I think it was like an overnight thing that they set up the station. Right. So they, they, they're underway the next day, all loaded up and ready to go. And they, <laughs> this point now, they bump into, I think it's a Canadian combat patrol, oh, which shit. is, I think it's a, it's, it's not even, it's not like a destroyer or a frigate or anything like that. I think it's a couple of like patrol boats and, and maybe an observer aircraft. Right. Uh, and so they, they managed to outpace the patrol boats. And this is the part, I think, 
I think they must have repaired the gun right. while while they were landed because they managed to repel three air attacks from the spotter planes until they basically ran out of fuel and couldn't chase it anymore. Wow. Which, I mean, either they didn't repair like the gun and then we're just using some onboard machine guns or something <laughs> like this to spray this aircraft. Uh, yeah. And then they, they, they managed to slink away, um, not being able to dive. I, I suspect that they, they must have like outran the patrol boat and the, uh, and the aircraft would have ran out of fuel or stopped chasing them or was, was needed elsewhere. And they so were like, uh, it's a U-boat heading back to Germany. We don't care. Did, so did they like track what, where the U-boat had been or anything? No, no. They just were like, what's this doing here? Yeah. Um, this, is, this is the part about the story that I love the most. Uh, how long do you think that weather station stood? You know what? Let, pause for a moment and give our viewers a chance to guess. How long okay. do you think that weather station stood in Canada? What do you think, Tyler? I'm going to say like end of war. So what? what is this? 42? So three years. Three years? You're wrong. Less. Longer. How much longer? You were short by a factor 10 and then some. That radio station, <laughs> that radio station stood until 1981. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> was it still transmitting data? Uh, I think so. I think it was still <laughs> transmitting because I, I don't I don't know if it was like solar powered or some like recharge right. the battery or something. Yeah, and it was just yeah, it was still. <laughs> the best part is, it was actually discovered like a dozen times yeah. over the decades. Right, and course. everybody just went, oh, yep, Canadian meteor Canadian meteorological <laughs> service. <laughs> Of course. Oh my God. And apparently some of those discoveries were by um, indigenous people as well. And they went up. Oh, yep. Like Canadians. Yep. Those dirty Canadians and Americans. Look at these rappers everywhere <laughs> that they've left. <laughs> All of these chewed cigarettes. <laughs> Is that a chewed cigarette? <laughs> those Americans are whack. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And, and how do you think they actually realized it wasn't, it was like a Nazi Germany thing. How they realized it was? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Someone leave some sauerkraut behind. I, I have no idea. Uh, there was a Siemens had started a historical division. Um, and so basically there, they had created a team within the company to document and communicate the cool. history of Siemens to like That's other cool. new employees and stuff and have run like an internal like small case Siemens museum as like a, mm. this is where we came from sort of thing. That's right. um, he found the contract uh, in a Siemens like archive in 81. Nice. So he found like a 50 year old piece of paper. Holy cow. That was the uh, only way they knew. Yeah. And he contacted the Canadian government and went like, yeah, that's a Nazi weather station you have. Oh my god! And I'm not sure. Um, that's as far as I understand it. That weather station is on display somewhere. Oh. I don't know if Siemens is, owns it now or if it's on display in one of the Canadian museums. Man, I, I want, I want, like, I wanted it. Could he have not found that piece of paper? Could you yeah, imagine? Yeah. 2020, 2022, right? We just find still nazi shit just out there 
yeah, that's it's a, there's a, there are I think there's rumors that there's still like several hundred weapon caches buried in the Arctic Circle of just like Nazi World War II shit. Oh, that's actually there was I saw a story. I was looking. I was going to use it as one of my stories today, actually, about the uh, uh, an Arctic uh, base that the Germans had. It's not the oh, one yes. that I'll be using, but GNT episode, episode three. three. <laughs> just saying. Um, but yeah, no, that's amazing. Is there was there anything else? And what more do you want out of a story like that, though? I I'm just asking because if there is like i wouldn't be surprised if there was some other twist <laughs> no uh, no that was that was that was the twist I, I just can't believe that chain of events happened how do you get a u-boat slammed across against an iceberg yeah lose all of your weapons lose your ability to hide yeah do your mission sail back and repel air attacks did they, and they just get back on the trip Sorry? did they lose anyone on the trip uh, i don't know it's not it's not mentioned that that's incredible yeah could you imagine? So, hey, Hans, I went to Canada. No, you didn't. You're a liar. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's just like, hey, Hans, I went to Canada. Oh, yeah. How was it with the Americans chewing cigarettes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we chewed the cigarettes. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah. All right. Well, in that case, one final story before we go. Um, so picture the scene. Right. Um, you've got a, a small group of World War II Norwegian commandos, eleven guys to be specific, skiing oh, this away. Is be good. These from, these Norwegian commandos are tough as nails. Man. Oh, this is good. This is good. Right. So they're skiing away. This is related to the um, thing I was uh, going to do as a story. Okay. This one's still in the Arctic. So there you go. There's right. the yeah, segue. Sure. Yeah. There's the segue. Speaking of the Arctic. Here we go. All right. So got a bunch you of... Can, you can cut that. It'll be fine. Yeah, that'll work. Um, I cut that bit too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so small group, Norwegian World War II, uh, Norwegian commandos skiing away from an na- Arctic Nazi base with 3,000 <laughs> pissed off German soldiers following them. Yeah, I thought we started this episode off with crazy odds. What's that, 11 to 3,000? Yeah. Good God. Yeah, yeah. So less guys than got taken prisoner started this yes. one, right? Very, very deep cut for this episode, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everybody had loaded that in the short-term memory. <laughs> Go back. Pop Go back. quiz. Um, so they've just... So I'm starting at the end here, but they've just set off explosive charges inside a heavy water production uh, facility. Oh, uh, deuterium. Yeah. Triterium. Yeah. Yeah. What was, uh, I know that the Germans are doing a lot of research on that. Do you know what they're using it for? Nuclear weapons. Right. Yep. Oh shit. Yeah. Norwegians. So this is right. This is, this is like that movie where, where we start at the end and then like, as they ski past the camera, it's a freeze frame. And he's like, I think you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is in Norwegian, but whatever it is in Norwegian. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, they it's it's a, a factory set up in um, Norway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, going back to the beginning, Norway gets taken over eventually um, after they put up a pretty decent fight, you know. Mm. Um 
and yeah, this factory, which originally was uh, selling um, the heavy water to France of all places. Um, right. Okay. It gets captured by the Nazis. Okay. Um, and so obviously allies are like, probably not a good idea. Oops. Oh, right. Cause they would have found out about it when they conquered France. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, and then yeah. the, 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 no, I don't think the Norwegians were like, hey, Germany, do you want to buy our heavy water? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They, so, um, they took over the factory. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I meant that like the the Norwegians would have been selling it to the French. The Germans oh, would have conquered yeah. the French and then found out about the factory. And then obviously yeah. the, the Norwegians would have been like, no. Yeah. Um, which then became no, but you have an MP40. So I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. So the British are like, you know what? We need to take this out. This needs to go. So they try and send in 30 British commandos. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. SAS guys, right? Yeah. I, th- I think I've heard like snippets of this story or this was, or that there was just a whole bunch of commander raids in Norway. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, oh. well, you didn't hear about this one because um, their glider, when it detached, um, crashed. It, oh. The tail rudder or something got broken. They crashed. Most of them died. Holy um, Yeah, well, most of them died, and there was like six or seven who got captured by the Gestapo, Ooh. tortured, and executed. Ooh. Now, yeah, that's that's yeah. not a successful commander, right? No. That's not the one I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the one you're thinking about. It does have a name, though. Operation Grouse. So, yeah, okay. You know. Um, yeah, so they were interrogated. However, they must have not given up the, the nature of what they were doing because guess what? That's a stiff British upper lip. <laughs> That's it. Um, the, they try again. They try again. Because <laughs> they do. Um, so what happens is they send in these 11 guys um, eventually. These British commanders? No, so these are the uh, Norwegians. So, right, so the, so they would be working with like Norwegian resistance or leftover forces and be like, we're going to yeah. take out this. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're commandos. So I think they were like they fled and then we're like, we got, we're going we're gonna right, to yeah. roll yeah. on because we're Norwegian. Yeah. We can, yeah. whatever. Um, however, so they knew, they knew that there was obviously an attack in the area. So the they Germans. beefed up. Yeah, the Germans yeah. knew. So they beefed up the defenses. Right. Okay. The place. So yeah, f- fair enough. You know. So um, they put mines out, floodlights, guards. And the only way to get to the nuclear factory was by a bridge over a six hundred and sixty foot ice gorge. Tell me that's not supervillain level shit. <laughs> Honestly, like you watch a lot of those movies about Nazis, and you're just like. That's a caricature. And then you're just like, but wait, there's (laughs) more. But wait, there's more, right? Um, So, and this is the moment in the movie. The the Norwegians are there. You've got the one naysayer in the group who's like, we cannot do it. Um, And the captain I'm going to take your word that that was a Norwegian accident. It's not, but... So anyway, he's the captain sits there stroking his uh, his luscious beard. "Mm." He'd have to have one. Of course, he's a commander. Um, And he pans to the cliff face above the nuclear factory. So what they do, no, sorry, um, below the nuclear factory. So what yeah, they yeah, do yeah. is they climb down the gorge, the 660-foot gorge, climb back up the other side and uh, make it through no 
no alarms raised, no minefield struck, no guard patrols encountered. So you're telling me they saw this like insanely well defended bridge yeah. over this like absolutely lethal gorge. Yeah. That's what 200 meters up on both sides. Yep. And they just went, that's cute. We're Norwegian and mm-hmm. just, just cracked at it. Yeah. Got the Man, ice they, picks out, went bah, bah, bah. all the way down, are, all the way back up. They are made from different stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it, it reminds me of that story about the, um, Oh, I think it was a Finnish soldier who took his entire um, platoon supply of um, chocolate. I thought you were about to say it like brass balls. Well, I mean, he had those too. He woke up, the dude said he doesn't remember any of it. He woke up seven days later with pine needles and parts of a, um, a raw pigeon in his mouth with the rest <laughs> of the pigeon clasped in his hands. And there was just a trail of dead Nazis behind him in like this weird zigzag pattern through like villages and shit like that. He doesn't that, remember any of it. Was that like Nazi chocolate that he got into? Yeah, yeah. Just of chocolate? I don't what? know how it happened. Or maybe it, it might have been some medication, but it was that's some a, serious shit. That, that's a seven-day bender that he doesn't remember. That's that's like some doom chocolate. He's just, yeah. he's just like ripping terror till it's done. Yeah. Okay, so back to these Norwegians, right? These guys with the with the brass balls. So they make it in. Um, no one knows they're there. No one knows. They made it in completely unscathed. They lay explosives to blow the factory up, of course, um, and get ready to light the fuse and escape. Uh, when none other than the base's caretaker, um, it comes around the corner. Janitor. Yeah, basically the janitor, <laughs> right? And so why, they- why is this so vividly <laughs> playing in my head as like? As like an action comedy, I'm and it just sure like it just I'm just the fourth wall break where he's like setting the explosives, and he's like, and you wouldn't believe who saw it. <laughs> it was the janitor, and then it just like cuts and like zooms in on this like janitor. Yeah. Where's Anderson? Eat your heart out. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah, the caretaker comes around the corner. They point a gun at him. He surrenders because he's Norwegian, right? I was going to yep. say it's because he's armed with a mop, but again, right. Norwegians are better. Yeah, right. So, but the, so he's Norwegian, so he's like, I'm not going to tattle. They still hold him at gunpoint, obviously, just in case. Um, but then, yeah, so they're getting ready to light the fuses, about to run. Um, Do they take him with them? Yeah. So as they're running out, he's like, "Hold on, guys, I've lost my glasses." The janitor. Yeah. <laughs> so naturally. The commandos put the stop Hitler from getting the atomic bomb plan on hold until they locate the caretaker's glasses. Honestly, the that's why those guys are special forces because they care. Yeah, they they know what matters. Oh. Good God! Yeah, like did they pack an extra? Because you said they skied out of there. Did they have an extra set of skis for this guy? I so um going through it. Um, they made it through. No casualties. And um, they released the caretaker and another guy um, as soon as the fuses were lit. Yeah, so okay. I, yeah. I assume they let them go outside the factory or something like that, whatever. Yeah. And it's likely there would have been like chemical fuses. Yeah. Because um, so those are like, once you light them, you can't, you can't extinguish them. Yeah. It's a, uh, I think it was one of those crack ones you crack. That's, yeah. That's, that's the chemical fuse. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So they got out, got back uh, to Britain. Everyone gave him pats on the back, medals up the up the wazoo, right? 
<clears throat> so, so they leveled the factory and then they skied out of there. Yeah. And nobody knew that they were there. They only knew when the explosion started. Right. So everybody would have just fanned out and been like, oh my God, everything's yeah. on fire or yeah, everything's yeah. thawing because it's yeah. <laughs> you know, wasteland of Norway. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. And then and then nobody would have spotted the 11 dudes just having a casual afternoon ski. Mm. So, so end credit scene, right? You think it's <laughs> over. Everything's over. Uh, the Germans are like, we still need this heavy water. We need the heavy water that's still here. We need to take it and we need to take it back to Germany. So one of these guys and three other commandos get up with the Norwegian resistance and they go back all the way to the factory and sink the ferry that's about to leave with all the heavy water. They're like, no, nah, you get nothing. You get nothing. Oh, man. Can you, like, I bet you if, if, I was a, if I was one of the German guys, I'd be like, were they here this whole time? <laughs> like, were they on the ferry for like months and months just stowed away? Yeah. Um, uh, there was actually two failed, um, two failed. Commando raids. Commando uh, raids before. Commando raids. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, the, the salary that those commandos would command would <laughs> yeah. be like, yeah, we'll, look, we'll try again. We can't afford you guys. And they're just like, should have just sent us in the first time. We wouldn't yeah. have lost his glasses if we went yeah. in first time. So remember, so it's a chemical fuse. You can't stop it. Yeah, we think, yeah. Yeah, well, no, they, they said, so right, in okay. this, the fuse is going and they're looking for the spectacles. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't, oh, my God. Yeah. So I they're running that... out of time while they're looking for these glasses. <laughs> I thought they'd like, they were, you know, they were, they were setting the explosives, he rocks up and then he loses his glasses and then he's like, I'll come with you guys in Norwegian, but I just got to find my glasses first. And they're yeah. like, cool. And then they said, and they're like, no, yeah. it's just, they're just like, no. We got time? Yeah, we got time. <laughs> no, he was taken hostage. They did the fuses. They're like, we got to go. He's like, wait, my spectacles. <laughs> I need to find them. Oh. Yeah. That, um, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that reads like when you're playing D&D with a group of players who don't take time cues very well. It's like, <laughs> guys, the fuse is lit. You got to go. And then it's just like, oh, but what loot did that guy have and you're like the fuse is lit you gotta go <laughs> yeah yeah the um uh sorry one more one more note on top of all of that right so the river there was a river at the bottom of the gorge that they had to ford and it was it's a fast flowing river like it's not and it would it would also be like near zero yeah and so they forded the river at the or bottom actually if it's of the gorge if got it's... to the other side and then climbed. Without freezing to death or dying of exposure or hypothermia. Well, actually, look, to be honest, if you're just like doing the upper back and leg exercise that is climbing a wall, you ain't, you ain't getting hypothermic. You hope so. <laughs> you hope so. Oh, that, that, that would be like bone biting cold. Yeah. That would be. Anyway, um, I, I think, um, hold on. I think there might be a movie about this. Yep. Look at that. Kirk Douglas movie. Thank you, Kirk Douglas, for all of the things that you uh, do for us. Kirk Douglas. I'll find out the title for everyone at home so you can go watch this absolutely crazy ride. Uh, he, go on. Uh, well, the, the, I feel like this story has been retold in a couple of different ways. Um, Probably. I think, I think like one of the battlefields had this in like the campaign mission. I think mean, Battlefield 5, replaced oh, the yeah? Norwegian Resistance. Yeah. 
I think it had a had a version of this where you sneak into a factory and blow it up. There okay. were, guarantee you there was no Norwegian janitor with spectacles. Okay, uh, here's a, here's an an extra tidbit for you. So in 1948, um, a Franco-Norwegian film called Campen om Tung Tanvanet. Sorry, um, yeah. the battle for heavy water. Um, <laughs> is what it's called. 1948 is quite faithful to real events. So much so, it grabs the original commandos and makes them star themselves. Oh my god! Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so these commandos finish up the war. It's like, let's go, boys! Hollywood's calling. <laughs> what year was that movie? Um, 1948. Oh yeah, so it'd only be like a couple of years, like aged out yeah Good. oh man that's that's crazy yeah um there's a documentary called the real heroes of telemark and in 2015 the norwegian broadcasting association showed a tv series called uh the heavy water mm. war <laughs> so well, this... i'm glad this isn't modelized because that yeah. is a feat and a half that deserves yeah. to be modelized yeah so I need if, to go you, watch if you movie, want yeah. yeah if you want to watch a, a cool uh, old movie heroes of telemark uh, for those of you who don't know is, um, what, yeah. is I feel like I've heard Telemark before is that a is that like a the famous battalion where they were from um, I'm not sure why it's called Telemark might have been the area yeah in the in the county of Telemark oh okay you oh, might also be thinking of uh, Riddermark from Rohan Riders of Riddermark no Riders I was not oh, okay well I am no so. not even a little bit <laughs> I am um, but yeah that's that's my story. What a story! Well, not that my was. story. That's their story. Yeah, true. Um, how do? You, how would you? That's not a bolt action mission. It's that's, it's a D and D game. Or, or, that's an O two hundred game. Ooh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's very O two hundred. So for I those, I gotta get you, my hands on that. Well, and no one's got their hands on it yet. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> so, so for those those not in the know. Um, O two hundred is a twenty eight millimeter like stealth game, um, so basically just that story except a, a yeah. tabletop game. Yeah. Um, it is written by Graham Davy, which is the guy who did Test of Honor, um, both editions. Of Test oh, of Honor. really? Yeah, yeah. I it's him. Connect the name. That's awesome. Yeah, um, and and uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And he was actually like super active on the Facebook page doing development. Like people, he'd be like, what do you guys think about this mechanic? What do you guys think about this mechanic? Yeah. And he'd like show you and, and basically play test it um, in little documents and, and tutorials and stuff. So I think the game's almost finished now. Um, and I think he's doing STLs as opposed to Ooh. like like plastics or, or metals or whatever. or resins. I think that's probably a better idea in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I guess... When we get our hands on O two hundred, we'll have to play uh, the heavy water battle. Oh yeah, definitely done. I don't yeah. know where we're going to find Norwegian STLs. I think yeah. um, Akhtar from the Bolt Action Tournament Group in Tasmania does some. I think he's got some Norwegian guys, so we can yeah, just blindly yeah. ask him how he did mm-hmm. them. I'm sure we can get three thousand Germans between us. Uh, likely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I think we might have to. Um, you know shrink down the scale a little bit we'll, yeah, we'll make the germans respawn or something we'll yeah. use like <laughs> yeah yeah we'll use like clever they have respawn like tickets yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um did you have anything you want to add 
now i think that concludes this episode of the gnt special beautiful um i hope you all enjoyed your cocktails um Gorton, do you do you want to do you want to uh uh bat us out bat us out yeah you know, like a... the end of day of cricket the night watchman comes in bats you out for the day bats no. Out. no no i'm 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 not a cricket guy <laughs> Never mind then. We'll, we'll, uh, just, we'll, just, we'll just lose like hundreds of followers off the back of that. that I'm not don't have hundreds of followers to lose, so it's fine. I watch NFL and I've got Monday off of the Super Bowl. So. so do I. I'm going down to a pub early in the morning. I'm going to go watch that with my dad because it's his birthday the day before. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah. Day we just dated this episode. <laughs> well, we didn't say which Super Bowl. Yeah. It's next year's. <laughs> It's one of the Super Bowls. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to um, tap us out? I don't know what. Uh, do you want to do the outro? I, I was. I really was enjoying watching struggle. <laughs> Thanks Story for tuning in to another episode of the HMG podcast. I was your host Gorchen, and joining me today was Tyler. So this was a GNT special. We talked about some weird war stuff. If you liked it, be sure to check us out on the other content that we do so like us on facebook hmg podcast uh, on youtube we're under western tabletop you can find us there make sure to follow us on all the socials subscribe share and uh hit the notification buttons thanks for checking us out give us them them thumbs them likes them five stars whatever helps us out all Simple of that jazz yeah hey guys it's tyler here um while i was editing this i found a few bloopers uh, that I thought were too good to pass up. So if you'd like just a squidge more uh, time from us, uh, keep watching slash listening and you'll get a little taste of the behind the scenes here and also a teaser for a future episode of GNT. So stick around and enjoy those. Thanks, guys. See you later. This is more thirds, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of also want to fill the space kind of. I can bring the mic closer if I'm too far away. No, I mean, you you sound fucking gorgeous. How's this for filling the space? That's excellent. Good. A plus. We can, like, when you can't be bothered doing editing and post production, I can just do this. (laughs) Slow. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just, I'll just start something really dramatic, and I'll just like pull it closer and closer, like I've got a dolly. Now, if only I had um, the fucking the zoom function, I could do the uh, what's that fucking shot called that's in Jaws? Um, a zolly. Oh. No <laughs> word what it's called. Of course, it's just an amalgamation of zoom and dolly. <laughs> um, well, I'm, not, I'm not ready for this shit. <laughs> Stupid shit, part two. <laughs> Look at that. There's a cardboard box. That was the perfect. Perfect. MacGyver over here. Yeah, honestly, that was like a Gloomhaven character box that I just like (laughs) shifted under one leg of the tree instead. We um we should do an episode on uh James Bond speaking of MacGyver. Anyway. James Bond? What? Uh, How he was based on a real person. You didn't know this? No. Okay, I know what we're doing for GNT3. All right. (laughs) Planning ahead. This is this is a hundred percent how all planning happens in the H and G podcast. We yeah. get together, and rather than actually starting the episode, <laughs> we just talk about things that we should shoot in future episodes. Yeah, that's how we uh, roll. Yeah, that is that is like canonical H and G.